My name's Matt. <laughs> I'm not from Australia, but I like to be. <laughs> wow. Welcome. Good to see everybody. This is the beginning of our P90X series. And so for the next four weeks, baby, you better come ready to get physically fit. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, but, you know, P90X is all of the craze in the, uh, in the fitness world, you know, right now. And um, it, it's just like everybody is, you know, everybody's, I feel like every time I get on Twitter or Facebook, you know, like at least once a week or something, people are on there, you know, up there. I just started P90X, which I think is interesting because you never see anybody be like, I just finished P90X. <laughs> okay, and, and just rest assured, I have not done P90X all this is God-given. <laughs> First rule of ministry, make fun of yourself. Don't take yourself too seriously because nobody else will. So, uh, no, seriously, I, I really have never done P90X, but here's what I understand from talking to some people uh, that, that have done P90X. You know, one of the biggest things about it is this idea of, of you know, consistency, this, this idea that, man, even if you can't do all of it, you know, do something, quality over quantity, that the idea of focus, you know, it is such a huge, huge deal with P90X. And so the, the concept is that if you can engage it on a consistent basis with focus and stay the course, even if you don't get it all right all the time, it will have life-changing results in your life. Well, around here at Next Level Church, we believe that there is a spiritual discipline that the Bible talks about a ton throughout the pages of Scripture called prayer. And prayer is the exact same way as P90X. That it's one of those concepts that, that if we'll engage it, if we'll grab a hold of it, if we'll pursue it consistently, it has the ability to bring about amazing life change in our life if we'll do it. The problem is with prayer that there's probably a lot more of us as Christians talking about prayer than actually doing it. You know, like, like anything. I mean, we, we have good intentions. We read the Bible. We know it's, it's, it's true. We know that prayer, you know, is important. And yet, if we were to go around this room and be honest with one another today, there's a good chance that we're like, man, yeah. Yeah, I really want to pray. And maybe some of us, we feel like, you know what? I, I, I get the concept. I, I'm, you know, I know it's talked about in, in the Bible. I'm, I'm sure it's an important thing. But I don't even know where to start. What, is, what does prayer mean? You know, what, what, how do we pray? What, why pray? What is, what is all this about? Well, that's why for the next four weeks, we're going to be doing this series called P90X. Because we believe that the spiritual discipline of prayer has the power to change our reality in our life like few other things can. And so in typical Next Level Church fashion, we're going we're gonna to make it easy. We're going to make it relevant. We're going to have fun. We got some videos next week. You guys do not want to miss. They're going to be hilarious. So, so guys, we're going to have fun over the next four weeks talking about the spiritual discipline of prayer. And rest assured, we're going to put the cookies on the bottom shelf so we're going to make it easy with, with practical, practical tips. Again, this is next level, baby. And we want to make it, make it possible that you and I can know what it is to engage in the spiritual discipline of prayer and see the realities of our life 
change. So if you have your bulletin, I would love for you to pull it out and take some notes because uh, this week we're going to start by kind of looking at an overview of prayer. You know, I, a matter of fact, I, that's where I want to start today. I want to kind of demystify the whole prayer thing because I think some of us, you know, we, we kind of have some preconceived ideas of what prayer is or what it's supposed to be or, you know, all of that. And, and you know, it, the bottom line is in its most simple form, prayer is simply talking to God. Prayer is simply talking to God. It's just having a conversation with God. Have you ever, have you ever known somebody who, when they prayed, like they had like special like vocabulary and like a different voice? You know what I'm talking about? You, you know what I mean? Like you're like, hey man, we're doing this thing Friday night. Yeah, can you you know can you offer a prayer you know before we eat? Yeah, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it. So Friday night rolls around, everybody's hanging around, you're like, you kind of give him the nod, you know, you're like, and the guy, what's he do? He's like, dearly beloved, <laughs> let us thou prayest. And he's like going in, you know, for like the lock and laces handhold, and you're like, no, 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 don't lock laces, don't lock laces, don't lock <laughs> And you know what I'm talking about? And he's like, our oh, precious God. You're like, why do you sound like a horror movie overdub voice? What is that? Why is it when some of us pray that we're like, precious God? We're like, you don't talk like that in normal life. Why are you doing that? And we're all thee and thou and thing and the thing. You know, we're like, well, you don't talk like that in normal life. Listen, prayer in its simplest form is just talking to God. Prayer in its simple form is just spending time with him. It's just spending time with our, our loving heavenly father. It's just, just as we would a friend. It's just spending time with God. And yet a lot of us, you know, maybe we have, we have thought that, you know, prayer was like, like, a, like a heavenly drive-through line. And that the goal is to, you know, get as many requests, you know, filled, you know, as fast as we can. So, we're, you know, we're like, we're thinking, it's almost, this is how we deal with prayer. Like, this is what we think. We're like, I just need to bring my request to God and just kind of get in, get out, and just, you know, I'll have, I need two salvations, three healings, and a large Diet Coke, Lord. <laughs> right? So it was like, that's how we think about prayer. They were like, you know, we, we, just, we just think that God's up there going, if we can get 25 cars through in the next hour, that'll be a new record in the universe. That is not how God feels about prayer. See, God wants us to just, as his children, just spend time with us. A few weeks ago, I went out on a prayer walk, and it was during the summer. My son, uh, my seven-year-old, was Drew, was home with me, and so I'm like, you know, buddy, I want to go for a prayer walk, and he's like, okay, dad. It was on a fasting, prayer and fasting Monday, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to go, and he said, well, I want Krispy Kreme donuts, and I'm like, get behind me, <laughs> Satan, you know, that's, what are you doing to me? Son, and so for every reason, my seven-year-old agreed to go with me because I told him we'd try and find a gas station with donuts, and I'd pray, and he'd eat Krispy Kremes, and then I'd ask forgiveness and, you know, that whole deal. So, but we went out, and we spent like the next hour or so just kind of walking through my neighborhood and walking down to a gas station, and we found some donuts and the whole deal. But as a father, man, that time with my seven-year-old is precious. Just getting to spend time with him, just Walking around, and I kept looking at him going, you all right, buddy? You know, I'll carry you on my shoulders if you want. No, I got it, Dad. And he's just walking, you know, just chewing on donuts, and I'm like, <laughs> See, prayer is just spending time 
with our Heavenly Father. What is prayer? Prayer, very simply, is changing our reality. And I love this definition of prayer. See, as we study the pages of Scripture, what we begin to discover is that, that the spiritual discipline of prayer is an opportunity that God gives to us as his children to change our perspective, to switch realities, if you will. See, the, the problem with being a human is that we have with monovision, that we only view our life, we only engage our life and, and can see into our life from a human perspective. But watch this. This is incredible. The God of the universe has seen fit to give you and I a tool, prayer, whereby we can switch or we can change our reality. See, prayer is not about us twisting God's arm to have him come down here and do what we want him to do. Prayer is about us changing our reality and getting a heavenly perspective on that which is our life. So whatever we're facing, whatever we're dealing with, whatever we're going through, when we pray about it, what we do is we enter into an opportunity to change our perspective from a worldly one to a heavenly one. That's the power of prayer. See, the reality is a lot of us actually change our reality every single day. And you know who we change our reality with? The media. Some of us have gotten in a habit of changing our reality with CNN, with Fox News, with the Yahoo news feed on the internet to our computer, to our phone. Some of us change our reality with NPR, some other news channel. And listen, let me just say this. I believe that as Christians, we have a responsibility to be informed. But let me just say this real quick. There is a huge difference between being informed about what's happening in our world and changing our reality with the world and the media of the world to such a degree that we actually begin to live by fear. See, um, Hint of sarcasm coming. Newsflash. The world we live in is not headed in a very good direction. Newsflash number two. God is not at all surprised by it. And here's what I think. I think that it's possible that some of us as Christians need to stop changing our reality with the world and the news media and start changing our reality with the God who's bigger than the news media. If we Christians would spend more time changing our reality with him and less time changing our reality with them, we might actually bring about change. Woo! Have that soapbox back. There you go. I'm good. Off my chest. There it is. Guys, listen. Prayer is an opportunity, it's a tool that God has given us to change our reality from a worldly perspective to an eternal one, to a heavenly 
one. And that is powerful. So, so the question becomes, why pray? And if you want to take some notes in your bullets in here, you go. Why pray? Why, why engage in the spiritual discipline of prayer? Why figure this thing out? Why learn how to do this? Here, here's the reason why. Four things. Number one, because prayer matters. Plain and simple, because when you study the pages of the Bible, what we begin to discover is that prayer matters. In the book of James, chapter 5, which is in the Bible, which is actually a, a letter written by the guy named James to a, a group of believers, Christians like us, about 2,000 years ago. And in this letter, James writes, in, in James chapter 5, verse 16, look what he says about this, this whole institution, this idea, this, this discipline of prayer. Here's what he says. The prayer of a righteous man or woman is powerful and effective. In other words, prayer matters. That when you and I, righteous men and women of God, who are trying to do the will of God and trying to pursue God with all of our heart, when, when righteous people pray, the Bible says that it has a power to it, that it is powerful, that it is effective. Why? Why is, why is it that, that prayer is such a powerful thing when we... The, the righteousness of God, pray. Why? Here's the reason why. Because the system that God created for us as human beings to function in, to live in, is, is a freedom to choose system. In other words, God could have made us robots. He could have just said, you're going to do things my way. You're, you're going to think the way I want you to think. You're always going to obey. You're always going to choose my way. He could have done that when he created us as, as a human race. But he didn't. Instead, the theological term is he created us as free moral agents. In other words, he gave us the freedom to choose. That we can choose to go God's way or we can choose to go our own way. We can choose to go God's way or we can choose to go the world's way. See, God knew that if you and I weren't, didn't have the ability or the freedom to choose to obey him, then that's not true obedience. God gave us the freedom to choose. And when we pray as Christians, we are, we are, are becoming in real time a demonstration to say, God, I am choosing your way over my way. I want your plan over my plan. I want your will over my will. That's the power of prayer. That's why prayer is so effective, because when we're facing a situation or we're facing a, a decision, you and I have this, this tool, this ability to seek God, to pray, to say, God, not my will, but your will. God, I don't want to go the world's way. I want to go your way. See, prayer matters. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective because it is us posturing ourselves saying, God, I choose your way, not my way. Prayer matters because it's us declaring our dependency on God for provision, for direction. That's why prayer matters. Because it's a, it's a tangible way for us to demonstrate to the God of the universe that we're choosing him. The reality is we human beings are, are an independent kind, aren't we? The, the reality is we, we as humans love to think that we got it going on. That we know what we're doing and that pretty much in any situation we're kind of self-reliant, we're sort of independent, we kind of do our own deal. Add to that like the American, you know, 
philosophy or mentality, and what you end up with is a, a whole several million of us now who, who are pretty arrogant most of the time, who are pretty independent, who are pretty self-reliant. Watch this. When we pray, we posture ourselves into a secondary position beneath the lordship or the authority of God. That we basically say, God, I recognize that I am independent. I recognize that you have given me the freedom to choose however I want to live my life. But God, in this moment, I am going to posture myself not above you, but under you. This is Jesus praying in the garden, saying, Lord, listen, if I could do this any other way, that would be awesome. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. What was he doing? He was saying, God, listen, I would love to not have to die on the cross for the sin of mankind, but. If this has to happen, then it has to happen. He was saying, okay, I'm dependent on you. I am taking a secondary posture underneath the lordship or the authority of Christ. That's why prayer matters. Because prayer is when you and I, in, in real time, demonstrate to God, God, we're yours. The prayer of a righteous person man or woman. It's powerful and effective. Number two, prayer doesn't just matter. Prayer matters to us. That There are personal benefits. There are personal uh, things that God does in us. Incredible, amazing things that God does in us when we pray. Because see, prayer aligns our heart to God. My, my boys, uh, a few weeks ago, got these bow and arrows with the little suction cups on the end from the dollar store. And so there was the better part of one evening in our house that my kids were pretty enamored uh, with these little bow and arrows, you know, type of thing. And so they spent the better part of this evening when we got home with the bow and arrows um, finding targets around the house, you know, making, making targets. So they're in the dining room, you know, aiming at the flowers. And they're in the living room, you know, aiming at the pillows. And they're in the kitchen, you know, aiming at cups. And they're finding the cat and aiming at the cat, you know, and I'm like, get him, boys, get him. <laughs> Not true. Not true. All right. We love our kitty cat and we'd be willing to pay you a large sum of money if you want her. No, it's true. A large sum of money. This kitty, listen, this kitty is a good cat who needs a good home. Okay. She needs, no, she needs a good home. Because right now, it's not really, it's we have bows and arrows and stuff, and we can't make any guarantees where the target is that we're going to aim at, and it may be running, and it's black, and it runs back and forth, and back and forth, and we're like, oh, no. <laughs> we don't do that, come on. We don't do that much. <laughs> see, see, prayer aligns our heart to God. The world we live in, is, is putting targets up all around us and enticing us to aim our life at them. All the time, if we're being honest with ourselves, there, there, there are, what, a thousand and one targets for us to aim our life at. The target of success, the target of fame, the target of, of money, the, the target of, of, you know, whatever. Good and bad. But see, the world has a thousand different targets that it's enticing us to aim the bow of our life at. What prayer does is prayer sets up God as the target and entices us or, or, or propels us to aim our bow 
at him, at the right target. Because see, the reality is you and I will never hit him unless we're aiming in the right direction. That's what prayer does. That's why prayer matters to us. Because it, it, it positions us to aim at the right target, to align our heart to God. But it also al- positions us to align our heart with God. Have you ever noticed how the, the world has like this constant pull on us, like a constant drain, like a slow leak, like a down escalator. Have you ever noticed that? That, that? You don't have to do anything in your life. Like you can leave this place and just be all, woohoo! You know, if I had a lasso, I'd be like that. Like, okay, like just fire it up. That would have totally worked if we were like a country in western town, but we're not. People have been like, that's right, bro. You, you know, yeehaw. They, but you didn't. So here I am with a shiny shirt. Um, so what I need more of in my life are big belt buckles, you know? I mean, let's be honest. Everybody needs a good handful. Uh, uh, anyway, what am I, what am I, okay. It's like a down escalator. Have you ever tried to go up a down escalator? Like in the Atlanta airport? When you're running and catch your plane or when you actually have a long layover. Not that, I'm, not that I've done that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, think about it. Like, like, the, down, like the down escalator is kind of like the world. You can be in here, be all fired up, and by Monday morning, you know, tomorrow at 9.07, after you've met with your boss for the first out of three meetings tomorrow where he's going to ream you out, you're like, Wah! right? It's a down escalator. It's just sucking the life out of you, just dragging you down. Life has a way of being a down escalator. And here's the thing. You and I can try to run up the down escalator. And again, some of us have, literally and figuratively. But watch this. When you and I pray, what it does is it aligns our heart to a different escalator. And instead of standing on the down escalator where it's all just just pulling us away from God, when we pray, we actually step onto the up escalator. And some of us who, who know what I'm talking about in terms of prayer, when you align your heart with God, suddenly it's, it's, it is like this amazing sort of, well, look at that. We're going up. Holy smokes. Like, like it's just this greatest feeling ever. That's what prayer does. That's why prayer matters to us. Because prayer allows us to get on God's up escalator. And let me just say this. This is a word for someone who is here, or maybe you're watching or listening online. This is a word for you. Listen, you have been trying and trying and trying and running as hard as you can up the down escalator. And you look around your life and you feel like, I'm not getting anywhere. And the reason why is because you're pursuing another agenda other than God's. And you can make some headway. You can get pretty far up the down escalator if you try really hard. And you can even carry a lot of your baggage up the down escalator. But some of us, here's the thing. We need to stop trying to run up the down escalator. And we need to just move over to God's agenda and say, okay, I want to be on God's escalator. And you will be blown away. And how life just starts to make sense. And life just becomes more powerful and more effective. That's the power of prayer, you guys. It moves us from the down escalator that just drains us to the up escalator that just gives us life and power and possibility. See, prayer matters, and it matters to us. Number three, prayer matters to God. 
As we study the pages of Scripture, what we begin to discover is that prayer matters to God. See, as I mentioned a minute ago, prayer is not twisting God's arm. Prayer is not just running through a list of I wants and I needs. Prayer is connecting with the God that we are in relationship with. Okay. Have you ever... Have you ever seen a group of, like, teenage girls who you know spend way too much time together? Like, you're sitting at Starbucks, working, trying to get some work done. Not that this has happened to me, just maybe it has. Okay, it has. And all of a sudden, this little group of girls comes walking in, and they're just like, and they're like finishing each other's sentences, and they're all talking the same, and they're all dressed the same, and they're all like, oh, my. And the other girl goes, gosh. And you know, it's like, stop it. <laughs> Anybody else but me? Okay, therapy right now. Come on, just right now. Just confess. And so, thank you. There it is. Thank you. I see that hand. Awesome. Okay, here's, here's, why do they act like that? I'll tell you why. Because they spend so much time together. Well, watch this. That's what God wants from us. Prayer is spending time with God. Prayer matters to God. Why? Because, and we almost is true, the more time you spend with someone, the more you will start to think like them, process like them, talk like them, act like them, and be like them. That's why that group of teenage girls all act that way, because they spend so much time together. Watch this. Prayer is our opportunity to do the same thing with God. The more time we spend with him, the more we will start to think like him, act like him, look like him, process like him, and be like him. And isn't that what we all need? Let's be honest. With every situation you and I face in our life, being more like Jesus would help. Some of us, we're in a relationship with someone, and it is just tenuous. I mean, it is just stress with a capital stress. Like, it's just, and you know, here's what, you've actually prayed this. God, if I just need to love them like you, you know, like, like, if you could be more like Jesus, that relationship would be much better, wouldn't it? Some of us have teachers who we think are out to get us, and listen, if you could be more like Jesus... It would help that relationship. In every scenario that you and I face, being more like God is the goal. And prayer is the vehicle that God has given to us to accomplish that goal. The more time we spend with him, the more we think like him, process like him, act like him, and are like him. That's the power. That's why it matters so much to God. Number four, prayer matters to others. Up to this point, everything we've talked about in terms of an an introductory sort of cursory knowledge of this, this spiritual discipline called prayer has been about us. But the Bible makes it clear that there's actually, there's, there's an other's perspective. There's an other's peace to prayer. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, 
in the Bible, the Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul, is writing to one of his spiritual sons in the faith named Timothy. And as he's writing to Timothy in, in chapter 2, verse 1, look what he says. He says, I urge you, first of all, I urge you then, first of all. So he says, this is, this is I'm urging, I'm pleading with you. That requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. Verse 2. For kings and all those in authority, he says, pray for those who are in authority over you. That we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Verse 3. This is good. He says, Timothy, my son in the faith, here's what I want. I'm urging you to pray. This is good and it pleases God our Savior. Why? Because God our Savior wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Did you catch the four kinds of prayer in verse 1? Did you catch them? He says, Timothy, I urge you, first of all, that requests, which is kind of our our list, you know, okay, God, these are the things that are bombarding me. These are my requests. Bring those to God. That's what he wants. Prayers, which is that relational sort of connection. He says, listen, just spend time with God. I urge you to do that. Intercessions, which we'll talk about in a second, and thanksgiving. In other words, I want you to thank God for, for, for your life and all that is happening, good, bad, or otherwise, in your life. But that third category is a category called intercession or intercessory prayer. Watch this. Paul's writing to Timothy and to a group of believers like us, and he says, I want you to pray. And I want you to bring your requests. I want you to spend time with God. I want you to be thankful and have thanksgiving in your heart toward God. But I also don't want you to miss this intercession piece of prayer. Now, the definition of intercession means this. To go or come between two parties and to plead before one of them on behalf of the other. This is a, this is a legal context. The, the, the Bible was written in, in word pictures. So the word picture here, stay with me, is, is, a, is this concept of like a magistrate or a judge, if you will, going between one group of people in this room and then running over to the other room and pleading with them on behalf of the other group and then running back to them and then running back to the other more powerful one and pleading with them on behalf. Watch, God says, the Bible says that that we as Christians have been given a responsibility in prayer to intercede, to stand in the gap for those who are lost. To stand in the gap for those who are far from God. To to go before the more powerful one, God, and plead on their behalf. That prayer matters not just to us, not just to God. Prayer matters to others. And we've been given a responsibility to be that one in the gap for our husband or our wife who's away from God and wants nothing to do with him, for our coworkers or our classmates who, who want nothing to do with God, for our son or our daughter who's lost and in need of salvation, it is our job as Christians to pray, to intercede, to stand in the gap and to plead before God and say, God, find them, love them, embrace them, make yourself real. That's a huge part of prayer. It matters to other people. It's powerful. The Bible refers to it later on as spiritual warfare. That's what I'm talking about. We need a little bit of G.I. Joe up in here. (laughs) Yeah, dude, you're a real tough guy. We can do battle for people who are lost. Why? Verse 3, because it pleases the master because he wants all to be saved, to come to a knowledge of the truth. And so our responsibility as Christians 
to get this spiritual discipline of prayer thing figured out because it matters to others in our life as well. So what do we do? What's the challenge of all of this? Here's, Here's the challenge. The challenge is wherever we're at in the whole prayer as a spiritual discipline thing, the challenge is what would it take to ratchet up our prayer life in the coming season, this fall, for the next 90 days and take it up a notch or two? If, if you've never prayed, if you, you know, the, your, your idea of prayer is, God, help me find a parking space, okay, what would it take to ratchet that up? Because listen, you need to be praying about the sales on the inside, too, because there's some good sales, but if you're not praying further than the park, it's just, I'm just kidding. If you've never prayed before, if prayer as a discipline is new to you, what would it take to carve in some time. Listen, if we're, if we're waiting for time to appear for us to pray, it'll never appear. It's a discipline. We have to carve it in. Maybe, maybe we've been around church for a while, maybe for decades even, but our prayer life has kind of gotten cold, that the, the prayer meter of our life went from hot to cold. What do we got to do to warm it up a little bit? What do we got to do? Listen, that's what we want to do. That's what this series is all about. So each week, I want to give some tips. We want to throw out some real easy things that we can do that I think make a huge difference. I know they have for me in terms of our our prayer life as a spiritual discipline, changing our reality through prayer. So a few few tips there. They're in your bulletin. Number one thing I guess I would recommend if we're going to ratchet up our prayer a notch or two this fall is make a prayer list or a journal, so to speak, so that you can see God working. One of the, one of the problems with life is that it, it just keeps going, doesn't it? It really is like a down escalator, and it's just no matter what you do, if you fall down, it just keeps going. You know, life, just, life has a way of just marching on, marching on, marching on. And for us as Christians, it's, it, one of the reasons why I think we can get defeated in our prayer life is because we, we can't see God working. But making a prayer list or a prayer journal or writing on the inside of your Bible a, a list of prayer requests, what it can do is it can give you the ability to every so often go back and see what God has done. Here's what I think. I think God is moving in our life all the time. The problem is we just don't have a vehicle or a measuring tool, so to speak, to be able to see it. So having a prayer list or a prayer journal or, or whatever would give us the ability to be able to look back and go, wow, check it out. God answered that prayer. Wow, look, I'm not where I was six or eight months ago. This happened for me uh, about nine months ago. I found myself at a place where I, I needed, and as a matter of prayer, I started to really pray and seek the Lord about it for several weeks. I, I needed new mentors in my life. That I had I reached a place where for the different callings that are on me in terms of pastoring and leading and even writing. And I, so I started to seek God very aggressively for a few weeks. And, you know, God, give me mentors. Give me mentors. Give me mentors. And, you know, lead those people to me. And it wasn't until about six weeks ago that I was looking through my journal, and all of a sudden, like, it just clicked, and it, it dawned on me. It was, I'm, re- I'm like, God has totally answered that prayer, that he has brought some strategic voices of influence into my life in several areas where I'm like, wow, look at that. Well, I would have missed that had I not had it written down somewhere. Here's a second, uh, second tip, I guess, if, if you're going to jumpstart your, your prayer life. Number two, get consistent. Get consistent. Our bodies are made to, to appreciate rhythm. 
So find your rhythm, find a place, find a time. Begin to set that aside. Begin to make it a, a habit of prayer, if you will. Get consistent. If you're a morning person, carve out some time in the morning. If you're a, an evening person, carve that time out. Whatever. Find a place that it's good for us to, to have consistency of all of that. However, I will warn you in this. Just about the time that you get it all figured out and get consistent, I can almost bet God's going to like mess it up. Because he knows us, and he knows that, that we as humans love to take things that are life-giving and fresh and turn them into religious duty and just suck the life out of them. So I'm just telling you, pursue consistency in your prayer time. However, number three, change it up. Ch change it up. Here's why. Because, because just about the time you get into that set rhythm, that's right about the time that your mind will start to click in and just make it religious obligation, and you'll lose all of the power and the effectiveness of the prayer. So you got to change it up. So, you know, maybe you're bored or your, your prayer life is stale right now. What can you do? If you've been praying in the morning, switch to the afternoon or switch to the evening. You know, switch over lunch hour. If you've been praying inside, take a prayer walk. You know, whatever it takes, change it up a little bit. Why? Because God is just in love with you spending time with him. And he doesn't want it to just be a religious exercise. He wants it to be life-giving. He wants it to be fresh. That's the heart and passion of a father. Number four, Tib, pray out loud. Pray out loud. Listen, here's what I know. If we can get over this one, if we can get past ourselves in this whole prayer thing, the whole self-consciousness of, well, I feel stupid. I feel like I'm just talking to myself. What, okay. Or like if you're a prayer walker like I am, well, my neighbors will think I'm weird. Well, don't yell. <laughs> uh, you're walking past and, God, I just prayed for my neighbor. <laughs> what? Listen, if they see you kind of talking to yourself, it will merely confirm their suspicions about you, okay? It won't create new ones. Let's be honest. Have you seen your yard? So, so, so we got to get past ourselves. We got to get past feeling all cons. Well, I'll just pray in my head. Well, good luck. You'll probably fall asleep. Get, I'm, I just want to challenge you. Pray out loud. Begin to pray out loud. Here's why. Because something powerful begins to happen. For me, I love to envision, I love to envision Jesus just being with me, walking with me, sitting next to me while I'm praying. Have a conversation with him. It's a powerful thing. To the point that if we can get past ourselves in prayer, and some of us know what I'm talking about, there is this moment of breakthrough that happens this moment where we no longer engage and view our life from our reality, but instead change places and now are able to view whatever it is that we're dealing with from a heavenly reality. That's the power of prayer. So here's my challenge to us this morning. Will you, this week, commit to setting aside five times, five out of the next seven days, five periods of time where you will pray. Well, yeah, Matt, I, sure, but what, I don't even know what to do. Use, use 1 Timothy chapter 2 as your, as your template this week. And next week we're actually going to talk about Jesus' template for prayer, which is awesome. So come back. But this week, here's, here's, use 1 Timothy, the four things, requests or supplications for all you King James people, 
Make your request known to God. So, so bring your requests. Prayers. Spend, spend time with him. Just be in with God. Here's me. Good, bad, and the ugly. This is how I'm doing. This is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm facing. These are the pressures I'm facing, Lord. How's your week? Here's mine. Intercession. Find three or four people in your life that you can begin to intercede for in prayer. That you can begin to stand in the gap for. And then fourth is thanksgiving. Never miss an opportunity when you're in the presence of God to just say thanks. To just tell Him how grateful you are for the life that He's given you. Yeah, life is bumpy, and yeah, things happen, and yeah, life, this and that, sure. But just thank Him. Thank Him that He didn't crush us. Because the reality is, because of this thing in our life called sin, according to the Bible, God kind of had every right to crush us, to condemn us, to, to... make us spend an eternity separated from him. But see, because Jesus came and died on a cross, that distance that was once between us, that gap has now been closed. So thank him for that. Matter of fact, maybe you're here today and when you look at your life and survey your heart, you know that there's distance between you and God. You know that you're not close in relationship. Maybe you've never been close in relationship to our Heavenly Father. Maybe you have once before in your life and you know what that was, but you've allowed the down escalator to create more distance than maybe you'd like to admit. As we close our time together this morning, before Pastor Scott comes back, I want to just take an opportunity and give any of us who know that there's distance between us and God an opportunity to close that gap. See, the Bible says that sin separates us from God. Either knowingly sin we've committed or even unknowingly. That that sin causes imperfection in us and that separates us from God. But thanks to Jesus and what he did on the cross, you and I don't have to live separated from God any longer. That if we'll confess that sin, he'll close that gap. And this relationship, this intimacy that I've been talking about for the last few minutes, that, that we can have that. And if you're here, it's as simple as just moving across that line in your heart. Across this place. Can we just bow our our heads just for a moment, just for the stillness of this time? I'm not going to call you out or embarrass you, but I want us to pray. Father, there are people who are here today, and they feel that distance. So, Lord, today I speak on their behalf. I say the words, but in their heart they're praying along. God, we just acknowledge that we are not where we want to be with you. That when it comes to our relationship with you, either A, we've never had one, or B, we have in the past, but we've allowed the down escalator to separate us. And so God, right now in the stillness of this moment, we just acknowledge that sin has created this distance. And we ask you to forgive us. We acknowledge that what Jesus did on the cross was payment for this sin in our life. And so Jesus, right now, we pray that you would restore relationship, that you would begin anew 
relationship with us today. We might leave this place knowing that we're in right relationship with God, not far from Him. God, across this room today, I pray for each one of us that you would give us the courage this week to set aside some time to pray, to seek you, to change out our reality from ours. given us this powerful, powerful tool called prayer. In Jesus' name we pray.